Welcome to the Israel Daily News Podcast. I'm your host, Shanna Folds, and I'm here to get you caught up quickly. I've got some top news stories for you today from Israel, and guess what? You're listening, so you're already on top of your game. Survive and thrive, people. Knowledge is the best weapon. Today is Monday, July 18th, twenty. 22 in the Gregorian calendar and the 19th of Tammuz, 5782 in the Hebrew calendar. Now, let's get to the news. United States President Joseph Biden's visit to the Middle East brought achievements and defeats. Biden has been to Israel 10 times during his life and is known to have a warm relationship with Israel and Israelis. A pair of Holocaust survivors Biden was set to meet with were instructed not to touch him due to COVID, but he greeted them with hugs and kisses on the cheek. You could see it in photographs that went around Israeli media. The trip also marked a forward movement in the U.S.-Saudi relationship after Biden was seen controversially fist bumping the crown prince. Biden is looking to restore the Iran nuclear deal, which former President Donald Donald Trump withdrew from in 2018. To prevent Iran from acquiring a nuclear weapon, Biden says diplomacy is the best way to go as opposed to having no relationship at all between the United States and Iran. The Jerusalem Declaration, which was a document that current interim Prime Minister Yair Lapid and Biden signed together during his trip, and it was just an affirmation that the United States is now and will continue to make an effort to keep Iran from acquiring a nuclear weapon. President Biden ended the final hours of his visit to Israel by restoring ties with Palestinians. Biden visited a Palestinian hospital Friday in East Jerusalem and crossed an Israeli military checkpoint to meet with Palestinian Authority President Mahmoud Abbas. During the meeting, Biden said, I know that the goal of two states seems so far away, while indignities like restrictions on movement and travel or a daily worry of your children's safety are real and immediate, end quote. Biden left Israel Friday for Saudi Arabia. Experts suggested he would try to strike an oil deal in Saudi Arabia to help get Americans the resource that is skyrocketing in price in the U.S. right now. He came back without securing a deal for oil and also without ensuring that Saudi Arabia would begin to consider Israel a regional ally. Palestinian Authority President Mahmoud Abbas thanked Saudi Arabia for pushing for a two-state solution during the Jeddah summit, which was one day and focused on regional security with Gulf countries. Biden was present for that. Over the weekend, so many news stories broke. It was a busy day to get back on it today. Saturday morning, Hamas terrorists in the Gaza Strip sent several rockets over the border into Israel. Israelis in the border communities were alarmed, but there were no injuries or damage, physical damage, that is. In response, the Israel Defense Forces conducted an airstrike, which military officials say was able to set Hamas back in terms of their weapon-producing capabilities. The IDF says it targeted one of the largest and most important sites where Hamas operatives produce materials for rockets. Police have arrested a 17-year-old Palestinian man after one of their own, Master Sergeant Barak Meshulam, was rammed to death with a vehicle. The teenager's attorney says the boy didn't mean to hurt anyone and claimed that the sergeant's death was a tragic accident. The young man from Ramallah in the West Bank was brought before a court judge Sunday afternoon, hours after the event. He had allegedly stolen a car in the Tel Aviv area. 
and was being pursued by police at the time when he ran over the fallen officer at a checkpoint near the city of Renana. Police say that the young man got out of the car after the accident and tried to flee on foot. Meshlam was 29 years old and leaves behind two children and a wife who eulogized him at a funeral in which police chief Kobe Shabtai was in attendance. She referred to him as the love of her life for 11 years. This is a little scandalous. A recent video captured at a private Likud party event shows senior member Heidi Moses hanging a medallion around the neck of former finance minister, member of Knesset Israel Katz. The medallion is, are you ready for this? Engraved with former prime minister and Likud party head Benjamin Netanyahu's image of his face and next to it is a Jewish star. And it's caused rival parties to compare the act to cult worship. So let me tell you, it's like a round medallion, gold, with a raised visual of Netanyahu's face next to a Jewish star on a lanyard so that it could be worn like a necklace. Keep in mind, there's a clip of this video, and people do seem to be laughing and lighthearted about it. The event took place on Sunday evening at a private home in the Jerusalem neighborhood of Givat Mordechai. In the video, Likud party member Moses hangs the medallion around Katz's neck and says, This is a declaration of loyalty to our party. In the upcoming primaries, Moses is thought to be looking for a spot on the Likud slate in the November elections, which is, again, Netanyahu's party. In an army radio interview, she compared the Queen of England giving out coins with her face on it to the one that she gave out of Netanyahu with his face on it, and she said it was the same thing. An Arab-Israeli woman has been given life behind bars as her sentence in the United Arab Emirates. It was almost the death sentence, but her appeal was accepted and her life has been spared thanks to her lawyer. 43-year-old Fida Kiwan came to Dubai for a photography gig and had been staying in an apartment that was rented out for her by a Palestinian person from Ramallah who coordinated her visit in order to facilitate her work. After a few days, the police came to the apartment, did a search, and found half a kilo or about a pound of cocaine in one of her bags. Kiwan says it was planted there and denies that the drugs were hers. Kiwan owns a photography studio in Haifa. Prosecutors say she was trying to traffic drugs. Kiwan's lawyer says diplomacy is needed here, but that the chance of a second appeal going through and being granted is highly unlikely. The UAE has some of the toughest drug laws in the world, but rarely goes through with death sentences. Reports say that her family is advocating for her. If you are getting caught up on your Israel Daily News, we'd like you to consider sending over a monthly contribution at anchor.fm slash Israel Daily News slash support. The financial support we get from subscribers helps us maintain our show and helps us continue to grow and try to reach new audiences. Subscribers will get a handwritten thank you note and a little poem that I write myself to let you know how thrilled we are to have your support. Thank you for your interest in Israeli affairs, Israeli politics, our world politics. We have one link in the show notes, which you can click on, and that'll take you to the page where you too can make a contribution and feel good knowing that you're supporting independent journalism. So check that out at anchor.fm slash Israel Daily News. You can also support us by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Two, you can share the show with a friend, and three, you can follow us on Facebook at IsraelDaily.News as well as Shanna Fold. My name has 
with two N's in it, and I'm very sensitive about that. You can also find us on Twitter at Israel Podcast. Tonight, I am hosting and emceeing an event at the Tel Aviv Stock Exchange with Michael Eisenberg, who is a venture capitalist, Miami Mayor Francis Xavier Suarez, and Jacob Helberg, who is also in the VC world. I'll be managing the night and welcoming our speakers by introducing them. We have a packed out, sold evening, so I'm getting a lot of requests from people who want to come in at the last minute, but unfortunately we're all sold out, so that's very exciting. And Wednesday, I'll be emceeing and hosting an event for Ben Shapiro, who is going to be speaking to the international community of Tel Aviv. I'll be taking questions from the crowd, and I'm also going to be managing a series of panels with government officials and political influencers in the hour before he speaks. So I've got a busy week again. Israeli pop star Omer Adam headlined a show Thursday night at Tel Aviv's Park Hayar Kohn, but caused an upset after performing for a brief 58 minutes, so just two minutes short of an, short of an hour. Tickets cost between 249 and 1500 shekels, so that's anywhere between 100 bucks to 434 bucks. And he hosted around 40,000 excited fans. After Puerto Rican singer Nicky Jam's performance, advertisements, and a short DJ set, which ended at 10 p.m., Adam had only an hour to perform in accordance with the city's municipal ordinance. The ordinance prevents loud music from playing after 11 p.m. Hebrew websites slandered the performance the following day, saying the concert was short and expensive. Despite the negative reviews other fans reported, they still enjoyed the concert. Adam actually issued a public apology on his Instagram page, blaming the noise restrictions and put text in the caption of a photo saying, We also had to abide by the rules of the times of the shows in the park, and from my point of view, I would have been happy to sing with you all night. And now for a different type of music review. The famous Lahav Shani music director for the Israel Philharmonic is conducting his last show of the summer tonight in Tel Aviv. So the last show for Tel Aviv, that is. Last night, the Israel Daily News podcast went to the show with Shani, who highlighted German violinist Tabia Zimmerman and Austrian-Iranian cellist Kian Soltani, both of whom were quite impressive musicians and had solos at different points throughout the evening. The 55-year-old regularly performs as a soloist in orchestras worldwide. That's Zimmerman. Kian Soltani is an Austrian-Iranian cellist. He's 30 years old and is the principal cellist in the Daniel Barenbaum's West Eastern Divan Orchestra. These top musicians have earned many awards for their craft and play in some of the most distinguished orchestras around the globe. In 2013, Shani earned his fame after winning the prestigious Gustav Mahler International Conducting Competition in Bamberg, Germany. He's conducted the Israel Philharmonic Orchestra every season since 2013. Shani appears as a guest conductor all around the world in places like Vienna, Berlin, Budapest, Boston, and other cities as well. The show was nearly full with a mostly older crowd. The first half of the evening was a medley of songs, including Ator Mitzchek, which is a known Israeli piece that Zimmerman performed as a violin solo. The crowd roared for this one. The second half was an homage to Don Quixote. Most people that we asked said they did not enjoy the music, that the compositions were all unusual, and that there was a lack of melody. One man exiting the theater told the Israel Daily News that the show was a cacophony 
I'm going to read you the definition of cacophony. A harsh, discordant mixture of sounds. Well, that man's sentiment was mimicked by nearly all the attendees that we spoke with, except for one who said that it was nice. Monday, July 18th is Lahav Shani's last time conducting an is in Tel Aviv for the summer. Shani has other performances in Haifa and Jerusalem on July 19th and 20th this summer. Tickets are available online and range between 190 and 500 shekels. I'm going to play a touch of the music that I was able to record at the show last night, and you can... Tell us what you think at the end, after you hear it at the end of the show. This past Thursday, July 14th, was the 21st Maccabia Games opening ceremony. That was just the opening ceremony, so we didn't see any sports, and it was held at Teddy Stadium in Jerusalem. The ceremony marks the beginning of the Jewish athletic competition and featured performances, speeches, and of course, athletes from more than 60 countries around the world. This year, more than 10,000 participants are competing in 42 sporting events throughout the country. The ceremony began with the entrance of the delegations, of course. Pump-up music played while countries were called out one by one, beginning with Australia. The athletes were covered in in head-to-toe gear representing their country and busting out covered with flags and pride. The German delegation made a thrilling entrance with confetti and smoke. The Irish delegation consisted of only one person, a young man holding his flag proudly. One delegation delighted the crowd as they came from Zimbabwe, a place where many people didn't expect there to be a Jewish community, much less a competitive athletic one. A fully sponsored delegation of Ukrainians received a huge roar of applause from the crowd. All the athletes were brought in to compete in the games for free. About 30,000 spectators were in attendance, including all of the major Israeli news outlets and international ones as well. Each delegation consisted of athletes young and old, some even in wheelchairs. The Maccabiya Games are the only sporting event of this size and caliber that host Paralympics within the same run, instead of creating a secondary date as the Paralympics usually come after the Olympics. So this time it's, it's all together at the same event. The largest delegations were featured at the end with 1,400 participants from America, from the United States, and 1,700 from Israel. There was a brief power outage at the stadium, but the atmosphere of spirit and Jewish pride did not waver, and many did not even notice that. United States President Joe Biden waved his cap for the athletes. Yes, he was there and in attendance and gave some extra enthusiasm when the U.S. competitors came out to make their rounds around the stadium. He was expected to give some remarks, but ended up just making an appearance. He stood in a protected glass box alongside Israel's President Isaac Herzog, who spoke, as is tradition, and interim-slash-alternate Prime Minister Yair Lapid. Herzog later made a welcome speech, referring to the participants as his, quote, Jewish brothers and sisters from around the world. Biden did not make a speech and made his exit after about 10 minutes of waving his hand and his hat. Benny Gantz, Israel's defense minister, joined the games for some time as well. People made a fuss, took photos and videos. We spoke with United States women's soccer player Maggie Lena. Lena is from Santa Monica, California, and has been playing her sport for 17 years. Here's what she had to say about participating in the games this year. Yeah. How did you become a part of the Maccabea Games? Through friends, family, um, knowing the coach and just playing through college and my whole life. I think I've been looking forward to this for a long time. Is this your first uh, your first game? Yes, this is my first game. Did you have to qualify to get in? Yes, we had tryouts on both the West Coast and the East Coast. 
So this is a big deal? It is a huge deal. I'm super excited to be here. How do you feel about it? Amazing. Once in a lifetime. It's really a privilege to be here. Does this feel like the Olympics to you? Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, the dream is to always play in the Olympics as a young women's soccer player and to represent my culture, my religion, my home, my sport, my family. It's just everything. So, yes. Anything else that you didn't share? Um, it's just a privilege and I hope that we take home gold and, yeah, go USA. Is this your first time in Israel? It is my first time in Israel. How long have you been here? A week, a week now. We've been here for a week. Are you going to explore? We have. We've been exploring and hopefully over the next two weeks we'll continue to explore. And what do you think? Are you proud of what the Jewish people have done here? Yes, so proud. Israel is gorgeous. So much culture. Amazing. Maybe I'll even move here one day. <laughs> We also caught up with a 67-year-old man named Julio from Peru. He came to participate in swimming events. He's been swimming his entire life and said while he never made it to the Olympics, this was a milestone that he was proud of and that he's been participating in for a long time. He says he made a number of lifelong friends by swimming in the Maccabea meets. The final hour of the ceremony was filled with fireworks and performances by huge Israeli pop star Eden Ben Zaken, Tamir Greenberg, Hanan Ben Ari, and pop duo Static and Ben L, who took the cake with an enormous performance with balls flying in the air, colorful costumes. It was quite something to see. In between the entertainment were short speeches and educational videos talking about the history of the Maccabea Games, some impressive athletes who came to light the torch on stage, and the history of the Jewish people in the sports world. The ceremonial torch was lit by Israel's Olympic gold medalist Linoy Ashram and Artem Dolkopiat, who won for Israel in the last Olympics for gymnastics. They lit the torch, which is a, a big moment. The 21st Maccabiah Games continue for the next two weeks, ending on July 26th. The sporting events are taking place in Haifa, Jerusalem, and Netanya. Some upcoming events include the Maccabiah Night Race on July 18th, so that's tonight, the Champions Swim on July 20th, and the Ice Hockey Grand Finals on July 23rd. Tickets for all the games and events are available online, so you can find one, and you can even see a new sport that was introduced this year called Paddle. All right. Well, that is it for today's show. Today is Monday, July 18th, 2022. Tel Aviv has a low of 24 degrees Celsius and a high of 31 degrees. That's 75 degrees Fahrenheit for the low, going up to 88 degrees for the high. Subscribe to the Israel Daily News podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you're hearing it from. We are everywhere. Don't forget to sign up to our Israel Weekly News Wrap. It's a newsletter with the top five stories coming out of Israel from throughout the week. I also usually add in a few personal anecdotes so you can get the inside scoop on what's going on in my life. And I always mention our professional highlights from the Israel Daily News podcast. Trust me, there's a lot going on. You can sign up for our newsletter on our website at israeldaily.news. Thank you to Michelle Milner for her social media work on our Instagram page, israeldaily.news, and our interns, Samantha Barron and Amberly Jin, for writing some of today's stories. I'll send you off with some classical music that I recorded last night during the performance. You can hear it yourself and let us know what you think. Have a great and productive day and an excellent week. <laughs>